trying to build here and the type of success we're looking to, to have and, and hopefully sustain. I'm not worried about the outside noise or what, what people are writing about, what people are saying. When we step on that field, we're ready to go to war for our brothers. It's unnecessary roughness. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. This is Unnecessary Roughness, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Very pleased to kick off hour number three of the show with Josina Anderson from CBS Sports, NFL Insider, host of The Crew, and Undefined with Josina Anderson. And Josina, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And your tweet that you sent out yesterday caught my attention. My understanding is the Raiders are open to restarting talks with running back Josh Jacobs with the hopes of getting him to rejoin the team, which still remains the goal for the organization. Uh, so, Josina, where are we at when it comes to Josh Jacobs and the Raiders? Uh, what more do you know from that tweet that you sent out? Well, of course I know a lot more, but it's about what I can say. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I think the operative word in that tweet is, you know, uh, restarting. And so, obviously, inherently, that lets you know that, um, you know, there's a desire to commence talking again. So that obviously lets you know if you have to start something, that something needs to be started again. So, you know, obviously you have that aspect of it. And then um, two is if you really just kind of go back to the combine when I was in Indianapolis. And, you know, I have heard since then that, you know, the desire has been to consummate a deal and not just a one-year deal or amplified one-year deal after the multi-year deadline. But it has always been to have Josh Jacobs a part of the team, have a multi-year deal. And matter of fact, you know, my understanding, too, was prior to, uh, you know, everyone kind of disbanding for the summer that the vibe in the building was there was going to be optimism that it was going to get done. But invariably, in any contract negotiation, you have, you know, two sides and you have what the team is trying to do and uh, in all fairness, trying to execute its business to the degree that the organization feels not only that it is appropriate, but that it is in line with the market. And then on the other side, you have the player who uh, is assessing his worth and attacking a number figure to that and trying to get as close to that as possible. And because of that, it becomes very, very, very personal. And I emphasize with that. I respect that. I understand that. We go through it in the journalism business because mm-hmm. journalism is also in the TV industry, the radio, everything that you do, is a, it's a gig business. And I get that. Um, you know, but the good news here is that I do think that there's room to talk. I do think that there's some room to be um, creative to a degree. Um, And, um, you know, the vibe is welcoming. So, you know, both sides have to, you know, meet at the table and those talks have to get started in order for something to be finished. Again, we're talking about restarted, rather. Right. There's no doubt. Again, we're talking with Josina Anderson from CBS Sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So uh, there's been reports, and I don't know what's true and what's not about, you know, what was offered, what wasn't offered. From your understanding, was the big hang-up more the, the guaranteed money or, or like, the, the success in of years? 
Um, I can't um, go into those details. I do know the answer to that, but okay. I can't go into detail with that. But what I what I can say is what my opinion as to um, what I think might be a good idea to resolve the situation. And I did, um, you know, kind of a similar thing when the Ravens were going through this with Lamar. And I came on Twitter and I, you know, put the idea of, you know, an amplified one-year deal that, um, you know, would have him paid over Kyler Murray, but obviously less than um, than Aaron Rodgers. And, and, you know, maybe that would be something that could get it done or at least just kind of take the air out the balloon and, and defuse frost everything after Lamar had went to Arizona or excuse me after the Ravens were in Arizona at the owners meetings and he surprised John Harbaugh with that announcement of a trade demand and so I was trying to you know kind of think of okay what could work so in my opinion it, it is um, uh, you know the idea of an amplified one-year deal obviously you can't do more than one right and because uh, Derek Henry made uh, 25.5 million um, guaranteed in the two years, um, in the first two years of his deal, when the Titans gave Derrick Henry his deal uh, three years ago, and we can have that debate, you and I, if you want to, as far as you know why that was deserving him having the Russian title and two plus seasons of or two seasons rather coming into that deal of a thousand yards or more. So we can we can talk about how apples to apples and not this is with Josh Jacob, right? Um, but I do feel like given that that deal and he got that guaranteed over the first two years um, and averaging out at 12.75 and that was three years ago and we all know for your people that are listening that the cap goes up an average of about seven to eight percent a year I do think that Josh has an argument to at least have a deal that allows him at least to make up to 12.9 if not 13 million Based on the fact, also, you're looking at what just happened with Saquon, you know, situation, basically getting the tag a value of 10.091 and then an opportunity to make another 909000 in incentives to bring him to $11 million. So if I'm going to Josh, you know, and I'm saying, okay, look, I recognize that you were the rushing leader. I recognize, you know, what percentage of our offense you were and – you know, I'm trying to make good. Now, based on where the market is going, I don't even have to do none of this. Matter right. of fact, I can also rescind this. I don't even have to do none of this. But because I recognize that that is, you know, what it is. And on top of that, I'm going to add a little bit of whipped cream on top of that as far as allowing you to make more than Derek, not because I have to, not because the market is currently dictating that, but because in my mind, and this is my opinion, nothing nobody said was my opinion, I do agree that you have to pay a little bit of a tax for mul- for multiple reasons when you're doing a contract. Sometimes it's because the guy is the absolute franchise face, like I believe Saquon is for the Giants when it comes to the you know comparison to everybody else, like and in- Daniel Jones. When Monday Night Football comes in town, they they market in Saquon. You got to pay for that. You got to pay some t- sometimes in a contract negotiation. You got to pay for the good guy tax. Right. You know, he's a great representative of your corporation. In Josh Josh's case and in, in some of these other running backs' case, I also agree that you want to you want to pay a little bit of a tax because you want the guy to come up full mind, body, and soul in addition to getting his money that he didn't really get because it's not a multi-year deal. 
You understand what I'm saying? So this is what, for me, takes it to why I would at least allow him to, in my opinion, at the very least, and I'm not saying this is what he is, not worth Christian and all this other stuff. I'm just saying, given what I'm hearing, you know, what in the market is, this is, to me, what I would do to kind of try to bring it in the middle. I agree. That's fantastic nuggets. I really, I really love the breakdown that you had right there, and I think it makes all the sense in the world, and I think the Raiders would be smart to go ahead and do something very similar to what you just said, and Josina Anderson is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, and so I, you know, you mentioned the market a couple times about the, for the running backs. How can the market ultimately change for the running backs? They seem like they're just in a bad position right now. Well, um, you know, listen, there's a lot of people weighing in on this, on the you know, player side, you know, league chatter side. And I do agree that, you know, uh, when I hear multiple opinions on this, I do agree that, you know, where the market is is not necessarily a, you know, uh, indication of the talent that's currently out there. It, there's also greater context in that there are running backs before these guys who are currently available who have had big contracts and then have not lived up to those contracts. And it's the history that is currently also playing a factor in depressing the market now. So the market, people, when they talk about the market, they talk about, oh, the market, the market, Christmas, God, it's not just <laughs> about right now. Right. It, the market is, is past, present, and projection to the future. So I, when I hear that side of it, I do agree. The other part is that people do have to remember that there are backs that were on the tag, that being Saquon and Josh Jacobs, that had deals that they turned down. And in, and whatever they, they get offered, like whatever Saquon gets offered and what, uh, excuse me, whatever he did get, you know, right now to get him back to the team and whatever Josh, you know, uh, gets offered to try to, you know, assuage the situation, there's no getting around that it's still less from the standpoint because there's no additional gears on it. Right. And that, and that and that and that just is what it is. And so, you know, uh, some of these running backs that are not even running backs that are coming off the tag to try to get a multi-year deal, but are just trying to get a deal like a Dalvin Cook. You know, the pressure is on because you know some of them were offered restructured deals with their former teams and didn't do it, and uh, you know are in this situation now with the pressure of trying to get more than what was offered by the previous by their previous teams. You mentioned Dalvin Cook. Uh, the Jets and the Dolphins feel like the you know the two players in for Dalvin Cook. Where do you think the best fit for him would be? Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, I hear you. Um, <laughs> gosh, um, they're they're both great situations. Look, I was just on the phone with a former player within the hour who just said, you know, Tua when he was healthy last year was one of the best, if not at times the best quarterback in the league last year when he was he was playing at a certain clip before he, you know, got hurt, hurt, hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With the multiple concussions. And so you don't want to slouch uh, Tua in terms of his ability as a quarterback when he is uh, upright and, and not inhibited by um, a concussion. Um, and at the same time, we all know that Aaron Rodgers is, is a future Hall of Famer. So, that you know, that is is very difficult, but, um, I don't know. I think, I think the best, that's a really good question. I think the best way to answer that is what is Dalvin, um, able to settle with within himself. And this goes back to what I posted on my Twitter page in my timeline before that, which is, you know, uh, with the, 
uh, jets, he absolutely has to understand um, that they are in they are very much uh, enamored with Brees Hall and what he was able to do from an offensive standpoint before he tore his ACL last year. And they will try to get him going again this year. And at some times that might include him, you know, not being RB1. And if he, and it doesn't mean that they won't give him a chance to compete. It doesn't mean that they won't, you know, defer to the hot hand. But sometimes they may think that they could think that 80% of the time that is brief. Or I don't, right. I'm not saying that that's the case for um, I'm telling you what I know is the scenario that was presented to him. And right. so if he's okay with that, then that's the Jets. If he's not okay with that, he may have more of an opportunity with the Dolphins. But I was just talking to sources yesterday evening who was just saying to me that even if he comes to the Dolphins, there's still going to be a period of acclimation that he still has to understand that he has to go through because all this time that he's out, he's not picking up the offense. And the other guys know the offense. Right. Absolutely. Josina Anderson, CBS Sports, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Just had a couple more questions for you. I wanted to stick with the Jets real quick. And Aaron Rodgers, he did the whole contract restructure, freed up a lot of money for the Jets. And, you know, he mentioned the other day that towards the trade deadline, there could be some big-time names out there that are available for trade. Um, what, what part of you thought that he was talking about a former wide receiver that he used to play with that may play in Vegas now? <laughs> um, I mean... <laughs> Listen, um, I, I don't know uh, where everything stands with regards to their rapport and all of that. You know, obviously, we have to remember that Devontae did elect to leave. Right. So I think people do forget that aspect. Um, and I don't think that there's anything eminent, obviously, with regards to that, um, just from the standpoint of when that report came out, I, be- I believe Devontae's. Uh, shut that down or somebody said yeah. something about that yeah he did um, I, I I didn't have a chance to call him directly um so um I don't think that that pertains to anything you know at this point um could something happen in the future yes I do I think what I what I think is even more illuminating about actually what you're saying is the fact that it it shows that Aaron Rodgers is kind of having his Kobe transformation. And I even said this to him um, at a press conference. And this is what I mean by this. People hang with me. No, I don't mean that he's getting ready to, you know, play basketball and all this other stuff. Right. What I'm saying is that Kobe in his career had a moment where he realized that he had to change. When you're an empresario, what you do, sometimes it's harder to have patience when you're working with other players who don't have the same gifts at the level that you have and even Kobe in his career had to go through a a moment where he had to dial things down and become more patient and relatable and what have you and and that also includes not just being about getting my max dollar so he's having his Kobe and his so when I say he's having his Kobe moment he's he's he is dialing things down when it comes to aspects of his personality and, and the patience and things like that and realizing there's guys that don't know the offense and, you know, his relatability is on an all-time high. And part of that is also because he is in a situation where he's happy. But, you know, the other aspect, too, is that he's having his Tom Brady moment to get back to connecting this to your question, <laughs> which is that, you know, Tom Brady realized that, you know, you can't take $60 million and build a team. Right. Right. Well, you do take less so that you have more championships. But if, if you have more championships, 
then you're that much more marketable when you are done. And look at, I mean, three Fox is paying Tom Brady three hundred million right now. Jeez, that's a lot of money. And that's, that's not everything else. <laughs> right. Right. That's a whole lot of money that he's uh, getting that opportunity to make. Again, Josina Anderson is with us. And so I wanted to close out with this. Another guy who's got a deal or had a deal with uh, Fox, I believe, was uh, Sean Payton. And Sean Payton recently came out and said some things about Hackett and Russell Wilson to make Russell Wilson sound a little bit better and maybe give him a little bit more confidence. How do you think that whole scenario plays out with Sean Payton and what he had to say in Denver? Well, and I said this on on a show uh yesterday um two things i want to say first and foremost um at least me and we all everybody's entitled to their opinion but at least me i'm always um to the degree that it pertains to the context of what i'm saying Mm -hmm. within that box i'm always going to have a high degree of respect for sean payton and the reason is because not to anything that has to do with you know my job per se but when I was out of work and, you know, my, and my contract was not, and I didn't continue on at ESPN, my contract was not renewed. I went through all that other stuff. One of the first people to call me was Sean Payton. Nice. <laughs> and so I, and, and, and it's not just because of what he called me, but I do think it does show a degree of an aspect of his character Right, right. that he, that he even did that. I mean, it's still Sean Payton. He mm-hmm. still made time to call me. And uh, he knows what it feels like to be, you know, out of out of work and on the sidelines because he went through that, you know, when he spent a year with his suspension from the NFL and it's and it's very difficult. And so there was relatability in that aspect. So I like to tell people that story because I think when all of us have different shades to us from the things that we go through over the arc of our lives. And so that is the aspect of, of Sean that I like to tell. Now, with respect to this, yes, uh, he spoke too much <laughs> and he got too com- and, he, and, he, and he did get too comfortable. But I also understand how that happens, because when you are being interviewed by somebody you highly trust and have a good rapport with, you know, you know, you can let your guard down more. And to give a quick example, I remember what's the guy's the linebacker's name, the really tough, tough former linebacker from um, from the Steelers. That would they called him Debo. What was his name again? Uh, Debo. Oh, James Harrison. James Harrison. Thank yep, you. Yep. And so I remember when I started working for Showtime, I did an interview with him for Showtime, and and he never does these interviews. He sat down, he did it, and he said all of this stuff, and it was great. And we presented it well. The interview went great. But I, I think, and I think I have the sequence correct, that, that James Harrison's very next interview, or very shortly after that, was an interview that he did with Men's Health or something like that, or one of those journals. And remember when he was on the cover and he had, like, you know, his arms across his chest and he was holding, I think, you know, two arms, you know what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. It was, a, it was a very controversial cover. Yeah. And, and in that article, he said a whole bunch that he didn't mean to say. And I, and, I, and I knew what had happened. He didn't know that person that he was interviewed by, but he had just come off the interview with me where he felt very comfortable and let his guard down in the same way, and then it was a, it was a different result. My point in, in saying that, it's not an apples-to-apples apples, uh, comparison, but what I'm saying is, from by bringing that up, is that I understand that things can get said yeah. when you're letting your, your guard down. And so that's what happened. Uh, he has since, you know, apologized. And the good news for the media is that it's made it incredible fodder for when they play. So there you right. go. Right. Week five. <laughs> we, we know exactly what game it is, and it's Sunday night football. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that lets you know all you need to know about the situation. Well, Josina, it's always great to catch up with you. What do you got working on uh, the crew and then obviously your show Undefined as well? 
so uh, my next guest, hopefully, uh, I haven't announced it on Twitter, but my next guest hopefully should be Aaron Gordon of the Denver Nuggets. I'm nice. working on dropping another uh, promo uh, right now. And then at some point I will be uh, getting over to the Giants for CBS and the Ravens and the Commanders as far as our coverage of those training camps. And then, you know, at some point we'll get uh, Undefined started here for the start of the regular season. So just a lot on my plate. Uh, and my older age, Q, I, I do try to t- take it a little bit slower, not try to do 10 things, and I'm just trying to do six things in a day. Well, so I you, get to it. <laughs> you, do, you do a great job. You really do. We always appreciate you. And Aaron Gordon, there you go, a little uh, the, the pride of Archbishop Mitty right there in San Jose. So, uh, yeah, very mm-hmm. proud of that young man winning the championship. He's a, he's a heck of a dude. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we definitely appreciate that. I worked in the Denver market for a long time, so – all good, but you know, I, I am looking forward to seeing how everything you know pans out with uh, the Raiders and Jimmy G and your first round pick and yeah. and all the things that are going on. There's always a whole bunch of strong storylines that keep the NFL interesting, and they don't overdo it by having too many games like the NBA and Major League Baseball. So they they keep it more they keep it more tight. They keep it more dramatic. That's my personal opinion, and I'm looking forward to the regular season. Yes, we are as well, and we look forward to seeing you when you get out here to Vegas as well. But, Josina, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. Yeah, have a good show, guys. Thanks for having me on. No doubt. Appreciate you. There she goes, Josina Anderson, CBS Sports. Great stuff right there. You can follow her on Twitter at Josina Anderson. Again, NFL Insider, host of The Crew, and her show Undefined, as she mentioned right there. And shout-out to Aaron Gordon. The pride of Archbishop Mitty there in San Jose. I had a bunch of friends that went there. Not me, because that's a, a nice private school, and that costs a little bit of dinero to go there. Uh, but that's a heck of a school, and a lot of really good athletes have come to, from that school right there. So a uh, shout-out to Aaron Gordon. Nice championship uh, run that he had with the Denver Nuggets last season. 421 is the time. We'll go ahead, and uh, how about we give something away right now? My man Ari's feeling good. He was happy about that interview. So let's go ahead and... Give something away, a little something, something. Lotus Summer Fun is going on right now. How about we qualify someone for four tickets to the Aviators game, which is one step closer to the trip to New Mexico, the hot air balloon trip, Albuquerque, $1,700 cash. You want all that? Well, you got to take step one. You can't take step four if you don't get step one. Step one, be called number nine. Right now you'll, you'll get qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game, which will get you one step closer in the Lotus Summer Fun. 702-365-9200. This I'm proud that he'll be going at some point in the Ring of Honor. I'm not prepared to say when, but... Zeke didn't really run the ball that well. And Dak, he just was off point a little. He threw a couple interceptions and, well, we got into a hole and not a glory hole. We got into a hole early and we couldn't find our way out, but we'll be all right. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. That is out of line right there. That is out of line. Shout out to my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Jerry Jones talking about Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Honor. And then my bad impersonation of Jimmy or Jerry Jones following that. That was pretty funny. That was well done there, Ari. I thought I, it was pretty seamless. I, no, it was great. <laughs> it was great. And Same guy. I, I enjoy doing the Jerry Jones impersonation, but my throat always hurts after I do it. And that is why I decided this way you didn't have to do it, and we could still make fun of you. So there you go. By the Jer- way, Jared Justice, I laughed. Jared laughed? That's what he said via nice. text. So. Hey, I mean, hey, Jared. Hey, Jared Justice. I sure do appreciate you. 
That Zeke Elliott, he's still out there looking for work. I knew I got rid of him on time. Tony Pollard, look out for Tony Pollard this year. All right, I can't do anymore. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do anymore. He's here all week, folks. No, I'm not. That's terrible. Yes, you are. Radio terrible person. Terrible. Yeah, that's true. But no, Jerry's not here all week. I'm here all week. But uh, there you go. Uh, speaking of all week, I do want to shout out to Melheim. Uh, he was calling number nine. Got uh, registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game earlier in the show. Manny got registered for the four tickets. So the one thing about this show is that we produce winners. So uh, congratulations to Melheim and Manny. I feel good about your chances in the Lotus Summer Fund because again. We produce winners around here. So, uh, yeah, we've got it going on, man. I think what we're doing company-wide has been awesome, sending people on some great trips like Maui, sending folks on great trips like New York, sending folks on great trips like Tahoe, uh, Alaskan cruise. Uh, now all of a sudden you got New Mexico. You got the hot air balloon that Ari doesn't want to get in, but that's okay. Uh, we still got the hookup on that. So uh, I think that that's great. So, yeah, shout-out to, again, Melheim, and shout-out to Manny for getting registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game, which is one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. Now, uh, many thanks to Josina Anderson. I thought that conversation with her was fantastic. Uh, that's so good. I might run that thing back tomorrow, but that's just me. <laughs> I mean, that was that was some really good stuff. Um, I got a I got a funny story about Josina Anderson, but I don't have enough time in the show uh, to tell the story and then get into what we still have to get to. We got a lot to get to in the show, so uh, maybe it'll come up tomorrow at some point. I don't know, but nothing bad, obviously, but uh, just a really good story and a sense of accomplishment when it comes to the interview with Joe Cena Anderson. But let's go ahead and get into some sound. Head coach Josh McDaniels, he uh, met with us early this morning, about 745 at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Whenever coach talks, he always talks before practice. Uh, the other coordinators and players always talk following practice, but Coach McDaniels always talks ahead of time. So he met with us about 745, and one of the first questions I asked was, about injuries because I know that he's not going to come in and say, hey, this is what's going on with this player, that's what's going on with this player. So every once in a while, and he'll get annoyed if you ask every single time that he talks because, well, it's just, you know, okay, there's not really a whole lot to update. But I asked him about the latest and the greatest. One, when it came with, uh, to Brandon Faison, uh, who had left, on, uh, left yesterday uh, from practice, and then Tyree Wilson. Uh, he's obviously he hasn't been out there yet, the rookie out of Texas Tech. Uh, also, who else hasn't been out there? Byron Young's not out there. So he kind of gave a general summary uh, and, and updated the injury front right now. Uh, they are, um, you know, day by day. So it'll, again, I think both guys are doing a great job of everything they're being asked to do, which is, which is great. Um, they're in every meeting. They're paying attention. They're studying. Um, you know, they're doing all the things that they can do at this point while they're getting closer to returning. So um, no, nothing, same thing with Byron. They're all in the same boat. So um, as soon as they're ready, they'll be out there. You know what I mean? And, the, and, again, I can't say enough about the way that our training staff's working, about the way they're working to get out there. They want to be out there. They're itching. And, uh, you know, like I said, as soon as they're ready to go, they're going to be out there. Coach McDaniels on Tyree Wilson, uh, Neil Farrell Jr., and also Byron Young, you heard him mention there. Uh, earlier before that, he, he mentioned that Brandon Faison, who left practice, uh, looked like he had a, some kind of lower leg injury. Sounds like he avoided a serious injury, so that was a good thing. Uh, that was to Sean, who asked him about Faison as well, and he had mentioned that uh, you know he's not going to be out there today, but it didn't sound like he had a, a big-time injury, so that's a good thing when it comes to Brandon Faison. Uh, then we also asked him about the physicality. I believe Vinny asked him about the physicality. There was a very physical practice for the first padded practice, and they were tackling to the ground, something that you don't hear all the time. But here's Coach McDaniels on the first practice being a physical one. It's really the same thing we did last year um, on the first day. You know, there's, you know, you have to 
you know, there's pros and cons of that. You make a decision on, you know, whether or not you're going to do a little bit of that. We thought for our young players, you know, especially, you know, having an opportunity to actually, you know, not have to worry about necessarily like restrictions and all that might be a, a better way for them to start, you know, getting acclimated a little bit where, okay, I, there's, you know, I'm not going to get yelled at if I end up on the ground here. Um, so it was good for us to be able to put some plays on tape and be able to coach off of that. Um, but, you know, it's, we have few opportunities uh, to get into pads and work all the techniques and fundamentals that we need with contact um, that obviously everybody's going to need to do well uh, to be a good football team. So uh, we'll try to see if we can't string another day together today. And they did string together another day. Uh, very, I don't, I don't want to say it was as physical as it was yesterday, uh, but you can still see some physicality, right? And, again, you start to learn a lot more about the team when they have pads on as opposed to just uh, helmets and shirts, right, and shorts. So uh, they were out there doing their thing. They have a day off tomorrow, so they'll have a little rest and recovery time, and then they'll be back at it for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's the football season, so when you look for days off, you don't get days off, right? And, and when I say you look for them, I'm talking about guys like me and guys like Vinny and, you know, JT and, and the morning tailgate. And all, you know, all those guys, we, we don't have days off when it's, when it's football season. If the Raiders are out there participating, guess what? We're out there participating, as it should be, and that's the beauty of, of uh, football season. We've had all offseason off. <laughs> right? We've had more than off-season off. We've had so much time off where it's like, hey, it's time to get back to work. So, yeah, it's a grind. Sometimes you want to be able to go and get your traditional haircut Saturday morning at 9 a.m., but, you know, if, they, if they're if they practicing, then haircut will have to wait, have to get the haircut after after practice. But that's, that's the beauty of what we do and how we try to bring and present uh, everything that we can when it comes to the silver and black. One guy that I've been very high on is rookie Trey Tucker. Uh, that's my number one camp battle. If I had to just pinpoint one camp battle, I'm looking at Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter. It's funny, so far in the show today, we've had Adam Hill sing high praises on DeAndre Carter. We've had Gilbert Manzano sing high praises of Trey Tucker. And I'm singing high praises of Trey Tucker. So if you want to know if there's a battle going on there, just ask different individuals. They'll tell you who's winning the competition, right? And so that's a good thing. But uh, he was asked, Coach McDaniels was asked about Trey Tucker and how he continues to develop. Yeah, very, uh, very mature guy, um, very bright. Um, you know, his talent, you know, I think is, you know, you, you, you everybody saw that, you know, coming out in the draft. And, um, but he's a very uh, good fit relative to our, our group. And um, he, he learns very quickly. And I think that's a really good trait to have for a young player. Um, he's not a big air repeater. He can take something, a correction. Um, and then try to, you know, make that correction show up on the field the next opportunity that he has. Um, like every young player, he'll make some mistakes. He's still got a long way to go. But, you know, relative to the way he goes about his business, um, you know, that mature, uh, intelligent approach, you know, really works at it, tries to make sure he takes the corrections to heart um, and then implement them in his game. Um, I think he's been – He's been great to work with. Um, really excited about, you know, continuing to do that. There's Coach McDaniels talking about Trey Tucker, the rookie out of Cincinnati, a guy that obviously is going to have uh, something to say in the kick return game. Uh, he's learning to have something to say in the punt return game, and he's been making some plays so far uh, in the receiving game as well so far at training camp. But as Adam Hill pointed out in the first hour of the show, and he brought up a great point, something that I hadn't thought about, every single year we find out and hear about a wide receiver that is shining in camp. You know, he brought up Keelan Doss. He brought up T. Billy. And when push comes to shove 
and it gets down to either the 53-man roster trying to make that, that team, or even when they get into the regular season, you don't really hear or see anything from them. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something you don't want to overanalyze what you feel like you're seeing at, at camp because there's many different reasons for many different things. Right there's sometimes that you know you look for a player like I look for Marcus Peters to make a play and he doesn't make a play yesterday and I'm like why didn't he make that play maybe that's something that they were designing on that play they wanted to get a look at something else uh, we never really know the exact reason why they do everything right and so it's, it's, you don't want to you don't want to overanalyze what we're seeing in camp but I'll tell you uh, I know Vinny's very high on Trey Tucker uh, I know Lindsey's very high on Trey Tucker and everything I've seen so far has made me really high on the, run, the, the young man from Cincinnati, Trey Tucker. He's doing a fantastic job. Again, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio just going over some sounds from head coach Josh McDaniels from earlier today, including Robert Spillane. He was the guy that we met with last Saturday, talking about not getting our hair cut on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. like I normally do. Man, meeting with him last Saturday, he just – he seemed the part. He looked the part. Uh, I know that he has – uh, his liability, you know, he, 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 has, he has problems. I don't want to say problems. That's not the right word. He has issues at times when it comes to coverage. We know that, right? Uh, there's certain things that he's, you know, really good at. There's other things that he's not great at, right? So that's fine. We kind of know that about Robert Spillane. But everything that he was talking on Saturday, just you can kind of tell how much he loves football. And, of course, putting the pads on. When they put the pads on for the first time on Tuesday, uh, that, that's right up his alley, right? He's, he's a guy that wants – and looks for physicality. So I asked Coach McDaniels about Robert Spillane and where they're at right now with him. I really enjoy being around Rob. I mean, he he fits in really well with our group. Um, he's a communicator. Uh, he's really tough. Uh, he's all about football, and you know he's he's a he's a good leader. And so um, you know he, he, you want that in the middle of your defense. You know uh, we want to be a tough group. We want to be a smart group. We want to try to you know take the ball away as much as we can and and Rob gives us an opportunity to do some of those things and improve you know and so uh, I think his teammates really respect him um, he's a really hard worker uh, adamant about trying to do things the right way um, you know I think he's made a huge impression on our team so far so there's been multiple guys uh, including Bilal Nichols who would talk about Robert Spillane and, and uh, talked about him at a high level and again he's a guy that's very physical comes over from the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, you know, he's, there's things that he does great, right? There's, and, and that's being physical and stopping the run. And there's other things that he struggles with, which is, you know, dropping in pass coverage, which uh, in, in this division, the AFC West, you're definitely going to have to have somebody that's able to drop in coverage. So it's interesting to me, not if he makes a team or not, it's interesting to me to see how they use him because they know, his, you know what he's great at and what he's not great at. And so they're not going to put him and set him up for, uh, for failure. They're going to try to set him up for success. So uh, I know that he's going to f- you know, make the team. I feel very confident that he'll make the team. I just want to see exactly what his role looks like. The final soundbite that we have here for you uh, from head coach Josh McDaniels earlier this morning is about Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, and uh, the fact that Max Crosby had his way with him, right, and really welcome to the NFL on, uh, on Tuesday. And the thing about it is he didn't hang his head and act like you know, he couldn't handle it. He just realized that Max Crosby is fantastic, and he's a rookie, and he's just learning in the NFL. But here's uh, Coach McDaniels talking about the response uh, from uh, Crosby kind of baptizing Michael Mayer into the NFL. Absolutely. And, 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 it, and it, wasn't a, it wasn't a bad lesson. It's just, you know, it's his first day in, in pads in the National Football League. I mean, some, there's a baptism sometimes that happens. I mean, it is what it is. Um, 
you know, and, and so, um, you know, we all learn hard lessons uh, in this league. And, um, but, but the hard ones are sometimes the best ones. And so um, <clears throat> he had a great attitude yesterday about, you know, just seeing the things that he wasn't doing right. And, and that's why we, we were so excited about having him here and being able to draft him. Um, right mindset, tough, no back down, um, you know, learned, learned it's different. You know what I mean? It can be it can be different for 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 different people depending on who you're playing against. So he, um, you know, he'll be better today because of what happened yesterday, and that's what Max wants. Max wants him to be better and and to compete as as much as he can, as hard as he can on every play. There you go. There's head coach Joshua Daniels right there talking about rookie tight end Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame and uh, the fact that Max Crosby had his way with him. He, there was no doubt about it. But, again, it's Max Crosby. He's fantastic. And Michael Mayer is just now learning the NFL. So we got a few more sound bites for Coach McDaniels. We'll get to them at a later time. When we come back, we'll close out the show. My man Ari's got reason or excuse. He's got a few topics that he has teed up that he wants to hit us with. And uh, if we have time, he'll hit us with the National Day of the Day, if it's worth a damn. We'll see about that. But uh, we'll close out the show like that strong, how we do here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. All right, Q, you ready? I'm always ready, man. What you got? I don't even Reason know Reason or excuse? Ask. Why do I ask? I don't know, guy. man. Between the hours of 2 and 5, I'm ready. Yes. Now, yeah. Everything else, nothing else is guaranteed. But <laughs> yeah. I'm ready between those three hours of the day no, every day. That is not true, by the way. You are texting us back when you absolutely should not be, but I'll move on from that. Speaking of someone who's got real crazy energy all the time, so much that it can be exhausting. <laughs> Lions coach Dan Campbell said he wants a real live lion on the sidelines for the team for part of my take. Campbell said that the team owner, Sheila Ford, had no problem with the idea, but the league did not allow it. And she said, quote, I'm not going to point out Roger on this. I'm just going to say the league frowns on that. Let's just say that, quote. Reason or excuse? Because come on, these owners have some power. Let's do this. Lion. Yeah, look. I don't think there needs to be a real-life lion on the sideline. Come on, Q. I'm just, look, as a guy who spends a lot of time on the sidelines, I don't need to see a lion <laughs> on the sideline. Like, I, I'm all for mascots being on the sideline to a certain extent. But a lion is a little aggressive, man. I mean, look, you know, something goes wrong, you're in trouble. So I think it's an absolute reason why there's not a lion on the, you know, there, there's no excuses when it comes to lions being on the sideline. No, it's, it's definitely a reason. It's not a good thing. Anyone who thinks it's good is insane. I'm insane. Well, that's fine. You You're insane. Even, you I'll can... tell you, look, look I, I spent plenty of time in Texas, as everyone very well knows, and the University of Texas has Bevo, right, or some version of Bevo, which is the big longhorn, right? And I remember Bevo and... What's the bulldog from Georgia's name that were, you know, kind of got into it and Bevo went to attack the bulldog? Like, there's, it's unnecessary. Uga, that's his name, Uga, University of Georgia. That's right. So, oh, yeah, there's th certain levels that you don't have to go to. And a lion, I don't need – I get it. I know your team is the Lions. I don't really need a lion on the field <laughs> to understand that. I'm good, dog. I'm good. So, you can go ahead and dance with the devil if you want to. I don't want to do that. I'm good, man. If I'm walking down the sideline – if I'm that sideline reporter that the Raiders make me one day, I'm just throwing it out there in the air so it happens. But anyway, and they're having to play in the Lions like they are this year. If I'm going down the sideline and I happen to see a Lion at the end, I'm stopping. I'm not going down that far. I don't need to. I'll just happen to see the play from a distance. 
I'm not that guy. I'm sorry. Call me what you want. I'm fine with that. Maybe that's a good reason. Reason to keep, you know, you guys in... No, I'm just kidding. I actually, I get that. That is a good explanation. When I start envisioning all of the reporters walking up and down and just lions right there, yeah, it, it is a little bit scary. Also comes with a cool name, Side Lions. Just throwing it out there. That is a cool name. You know? <laughs> so think about it, Q. All right. Uh, really, uh, with LeBron James, you know, he does a lot of stuff with the community. Good stuff, yep. I think. Um, and yep. that, if you remember this I Promise school, it was, a, it was looked at as a pretty promising thing, ironically. Right. Uh, but the eighth graders at said school, the LeBron James I Promise school, have not passed a single math test in three years. And a spokesperson was checked on that from LeBron's foundation. And they said the experimental school designed for at-risk students was, quote, in it was not, I'm sorry, was in it for the long haul. That is... Reason or excuse? No, nah, I'm sorry, man. Like, I get it. I know that the school is, you know, in, in it for, you know, inner city kids, and it's it's really a nice gesture. And, you know, I like what LeBron's attempting to do. But if you got an eighth grader or a class of eighth graders that have not passed a math test in three years, there's something wrong with you. All right. there's, there's I'm sorry. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, and I never claimed to do very well in school. Matter of fact, I didn't do very well in school at all. But damn it, if there was three years that went by and I couldn't pass a math test, then there's something wrong. There's there's something wrong with me or, or whoever's trying to teach me. So I think that's an excuse that the school has not better prepared the player, uh, not the players, but the the people that are going to the school to set them up in better position to at least pass one math math test. Yeah, they ain't passed one in three years. Right, and and you know the often yeah, there's there's a lot to it. I guess there are some other factors involved too here, uh, but that's like the main reason. So, eh, I'm I'm not giving them it's, a pass. It's either, a it's yeah. a it's a reason, but it's a it's a reason that leans all the way to excuses. You know, yeah. three years, not one math test passed. Come on, man, that's rough. All right, I'm I'm gonna take a turn so we give ourselves some extra time here for this national day because it's so awesome. Uh-oh. It needs more time. You better give me a good one then. If you're gonna cut <sighs> off reason or excuse and, and like, go with a, a national know. day of the day, it better be a good one. I, I don't want no national peanut butter day or whatever you oh, know peanut butter is great come i know on, it man. is it i, I is. know that no matter what this day i'm, I'm just not going to get the response i want but yes it is a great day it is national ice cream sandwich day um oh my god this guy. i'm not i'm not a big ice cream sandwich guy you know what i mean not. i i think that ice cream sandwiches are good uh I, my dad used to get some back in the day and i don't even think they have them anymore uh what was it a mud a mud um Mudslide? Mud sandwich. I think it was like a mud sandwich or something like that, and that was pretty good. But, I'm, I mean, I'm a brother, man. We're black toast, right? So, I mean, ice cream and me don't really uh, – it don't really fit well with me anymore, right? I mean, it, it becomes Does a certain it? point in your life where ice cream and you don't really mix Does that, that well. check out? Is that a thing? No, it checks out. Yeah, it che- go- you, yeah. you want to know how it checks out? Come hang out with me while I have some ice cream and see if it checks out. Because I have a friend who's black, and I'm going to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> No, no I do joking. have that one black friend. <laughs> that cliche aside, I do have friends, and I've never heard such a thing all my life. Are you serious? No. Have you been in part of that conversation before? I guess we never discussed ice cream, or maybe they, that's what their response would have been. But. You find a bruh about middle age that, has not, that, that, uh, that eats ice cream on the regular and doesn't have any kind of issues. All right, fair. I mean, I, one could also say middle age. At Go this ask point. someone we, else at the station. We try not to eat oh, so wait. much sugar. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, well, Devon doesn't count. There's only three minutes left in the show, so... <laughs> I have time to scale the whole. Anyway. No, but seriously, I look, and this is the thing, and this is why I say that. I love ice cream when it's in milkshake form. I, and even then, it's, I know I'm setting myself up or anyone <laughs> around me, like family members, I know I'm setting them up for failure. 
Like, there's times where I'll tell the wife, wife, let's go to Baskin Robbins. I'm a big Cappuccino uh, Blast fan. I love Cappuccino Blast. I, I always say, like, let's go to uh, Baskin Robbins and get a Cappuccino Blast. And she's like, are you sure? And I was like, no, I know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be bad. <laughs> but sometimes it's worth the, the sacrifice, right? Sometimes you already know it's going to be trouble, but it's worth it. It's like when you were a little kid, you knew you were going to get in trouble, but you realized that if the reward was really there, then it would be worth the trouble that you're going to get in. That's, that's kind of how it is with ice cream, man. I love ice cream, but I really like it more in, in milkshake form. So, Interesting. All right. I'm not, eating, I'm not eating a whole lot of ice cream sandwiches these days. Back in the day, I was a big Choco Taco fan. From they the ta- are great. Yeah, from the taco uh, – or not the taco truck, but from the ice cream, the ice cream man – I would really go after the taco, the taco tacos. Those things were fantastic. I used to get those after school. There was those uh, when I was in like middle school, and this really shows just how the dollar has changed a lot. The big thing, like you were the coolest kid if you could afford that dollar chip witch. You remember those? They're like What's chocolate chip? chip cookie with uh, vanilla ice cream oh, yeah, yeah, sandwich yeah, yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, that was a big old fat cookie. Wasn't yeah, it? it was amazing. Yeah. But it was like you would just, hey man, <laughs> does anyone? It was like the big thing around you know around school. And yeah, if you were one of the the chosen ones to have that that day, you were really cool. Yeah, uh, the ice cream man was like he was he was a cold hustler man because he you know he'd always show up to the school and you know you didn't have too much money left after lunch. I mean you already spent your money on a piece of pizza at lunch. Then all of a sudden the ice cream man shows up and it's hot as all get out hmm. outside. And you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know what I want. I don't know if I'm going to get that, uh, you know, that popsicle. I want to get that Choco Taco. I want to get that uh, whatever the case may be. You know, they had what they used to have, the Pink Panther. Wasn't that, a, uh, yep. wasn't that an ice cream that people used to get all the time? It was for like the, a Mickey the, Mouse head, too. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like those that much. But the Choco Taco was right up my alley, man. I was I was good to go with that the, one. Yeah, uh, so. the chocolate eclair thing, too. I don't know if you know what that is. Like at the crumbles, it's like a – No, no, see, so you're fancy. Hard to, well, it's eclair. also hard to describe over the radio, but – I will say one other thing that's awesome that you should check out. Free plug for TGI Fridays. They have, if they still have it, it's been forever. But they have. I used like, to go to Fridays back in the day. They have like kind of a, their own version of that. The mm-hmm. Oreo ice cream. <clears throat> excuse me, the Oreo. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Jeez. Oreo ice cream sandwich, and it is like you know, like fancy, you know, cookie stuff with fancy ice cream, a little oh, sundae, yeah. all that. I don't stuff. need nothing fancy. All that stuff the Q's too good for. No, back in the day. When it comes to Fridays, I remember Fridays. I used to go there when I was like 18, and I get mudslides. And you know they had like a little bit of alcohol in it. I, I mean, I used to go there when I was 21, uh, and you know they allowed they. <laughs> now they never carted you there. They always be like, oh yeah, he he knows what he's doing. I will, uh, I'll remove this from the podcast. <laughs> That was way back in the day, man. I'm an old dude now. Statue, I'm an old dude. Statue limitations. Yeah, yeah. That time has ran out a long time ago. But, yeah, back in the day, I used to get mudslides and think I was drinking something, knowing that it was only ice cream, right, and a little bit of whatever was in it. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Good stuff right there. So, National Ice Cream Sandwich Day, huh? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. I might go dibble cool and dabble. This summer. I might go dibble and dabble in an ice cream sandwich. It's not that hot today, but maybe I'll go check out mm-hmm. an ice cream sandwich. We'll see what we can do. Thank you, Ari. Definitely appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a great night.